0: friends welcome to our very first episode of drink and discuss my name is christine kim and i'm karen go here in our episode of drink and discuss we will teach you how to mix a simple cocktail then give you a boozy movie review the review will be split into a non-spoiler and a spoiler section so when in doubt take a look at our show notes a standard disclaimer we are not professional mixologists nor film critics We're just two millennials trying to get tipsy and talk about movies. This episode, we will be reviewing The Shape of Water by Guillermo del Toro and mix a drink named Egg. So what are we drinking today? So we're drinking a drink called Egg today and we're using two, well, three ingredients. OJ, mango chini or mango prosecco, and some ice. So we just we first find two nice looking glass that you like because they are so classy, and our mango chini definitely didn't cost us five dollars, which it did. Hmm. Well, find that nice looking glass. Put some ice in it. Put some mango prosecco. Fill it almost to be three quarters full, and then add a splash of orange juice. Yep, and that's it. Very simple cocktail. We have no drink mixing experience outside of parties, and this is what we came up with. And it's called egg because... It's called egg. The shape of water. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how does it taste? Wonderful for Steve. Wonderful. I was expecting a more nuanced reply. Mm. Um, I would say having ice in my wine definitely makes it taste like I am a college student again. So it makes. If you want that youthful taste, <laughs> then this is what we're going for. Well, it's definitely something that's very easy to go down. It's fruity. Mm -hmm. Um, You definitely taste that orange juice, for sure. mm hmm You taste... Well, it's mango, Fuseco, so that Mm -hmm. that fruit is there. That ice, I mean, that fizziness, it's great. It's a nice summery drink that we're actually drinking in the middle of winter. Yeah, it's 1 p.m. It's middle brunch time. So this is very much like a mimosa, except better, so... Don't have to pay $16 for this one, guys. Go for it. Now we will be going into our review of The Shape of Water. If I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? you this, Karen. What were your expectations before watching the movie? Well, it, Without going into spoilers. It's Guillermo Del Toro, so, like, I've only watched one of his movies, Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I expected, more or less, something. I knew it wasn't going to be beautiful. Oh, Oh, interesting. Okay. I, it's we can talk more about that later. But it's beauty his it is maybe it is beautiful, but it's not your conventional beauty. You're not going mm-hmm. to have that little mermaid. Um interesting you bring up mermaids. Or <laughs> it is a shape of water. Yeah. Um not gonna have that, you know, beautiful fairy tale like classic fairy tale right. in this movie. That's that's mm-hmm. what I knew going in. And um how about you? Yeah, I think my expectations. So it's it was very interesting because I think the marketing around the movie was very ubiquitous. It was literally everywhere. I had not seen the trailer of this movie. Really? Okay. I have not seen the trailer going into the movie actually, but yeah. I have seen the poster. Me too. Many times I have seen like the the GIF poster. I guess like mm-hmm. I would be on Facebook or on Instagram, and I would just see it like always. I. It's mm-hmm. the scene if the poster of um the amphibian man and the main character in underwater and like her her glad uh, her shoe falls off like mm-hmm. I've seen that image so many times and the thing is I love Guillermo del Toro I have I have not like Crim- Crimson Peak but I have watched Pan's Labyrinth mm-hmm. um yeah. and I love that movie um. so I was you know expecting a pretty good movie because he's a great director that you know everyone knows as a great director mm-hmm. um but just the marketing really really discouraged me because It was I, everywhere. Yeah. I hate it when I, when right. I see things like that. It's like you see, must yeah. watch this movie. Yeah. Now. I feel rebellious <laughs> when I see it. It's like there was this really terrible comedy movie recently called Snatched. Uh-huh. Um and I used to see trailers of Snatched everywhere before every YouTube you know, mm. video, I would see mm-hmm. the trailer for Snatch. So I was mm-hmm. like, I don't care if this is the best movie out there, I'm never gonna <laughs> watch it because <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Just despite the marketing team. Just because they <laughs> told me to doesn't mean I have to. But um, well, I think the other part of it going in was um, you know, there were people that have watched this movie before me, that I've heard about it and it's it's a very um <laughs> polarizing not polarizing, but it's like a very scandalous movie. Mm. So I, <laughs> no spoilers, but I will say this. I was very scared to go see this movie. <laughs> I was like, I know there's a lady that, that's the main character. And I know there's like a fish man. Mm. And I hope to God they don't have sex. All right. So, well, this brings up a good point, Christine, because fish sex. Was what um, I was afraid of. Also going to <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah, I was very afraid of that. That was, however, also what attracted my brother to watch the movie with me. <laughs> um, Your so brother has interesting tastes. I, I say think that. he was curious. He was like, "This might. This must not happen." <laughs> uh, so that was that was at least my impressions going in. Yep. So. I didn't have, you know, overly, over, you know, amazing expectations. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm ready for whatever. Yeah. Fish sex, maybe. Yeah. That's actually very, like, I actually came from the same very clean palate. You know? like <laughs> clean palate. No, yeah. I, had, I watched one movie from, you know, from him. And I've seen Crimson Peak. And I also didn't love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I kind of got the general... Just of yeah. how he's like so I knew what to kind of expect but I, again I didn't see any trailer I only mm-hmm. saw that poster that's all yeah, I knew yeah. about the movie and yeah. I, that and Fish Sucks that's all I knew yeah. about it going in Me so too. I was like okay what is this this thing won Oscars it must be good mm-hmm. so I was like I have to watch it so I watched it and well yeah like what were your general impressions after watching it good good I liked it that's... in general I liked it <laughs> Okay um there is there's a lot of things to love about it, um like the way it was filmed, the mo- the way everything was put together, mm. the characters there are there are a lot of lovable things about this. Movie. yeah, there are a lot of concepts that were very well um, I guess there were a lot of underlying you know themes of that era that were spoken, but like they were pointed out but not um in a subtle way. And they're like all. So did you of, like that or? Did I love that, and oh. I think it all came together. Okay. Because I think sometimes a lot of things don't have to be pointed out to you, to make a. So you impact. were saying it was not pointed out. It was. It was, but in a very subtle way. Okay. Okay. Like I a see. little nudge instead like of like show, a show. don't Ooh. tell kind of. Exactly. Thing. Okay. That, I think that was very well done. Yeah. Sometimes I don't think you need that, like that shove to tell you that hey, this is what things were like mm-hmm. back then. Like just a little reminder is good enough yeah and just how all of that help brings everything together in the end i think is what makes the movie beautiful yeah i definitely agree i also like the movie it is definitely deserving of its oscar i think um i really enjoyed it and coming out i had that i sense of wonder you want to have when you come out of a movie so that was cool good um beautiful movie Mm-hmm. beautiful soundtrack mm-hmm. just everything about it was great the performances were i thought were very captivating the characters were great <clears throat> and like you said it's a it's a charming period piece and charming in terms of like you see how you know screwed up things were back then yeah for some, certain people yeah. and it's it's not a movie about that but maybe it is kind of you know yeah it's it's nice. Um, Mm. Not the <laughs> not the actual yeah. discrimination, but it's nice seeing uh, <laughs> seeing how terrible some people can be. So uh I think would you recommend? This I movie? definitely recommend this movie. I think it deserves at least one watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would describe it as an adult fairy tale. Yeah, and that was Basically. very fairy tale like. Um, I don't recommend watching this with your parents no matter how old you are um i would totally watch this with my mom i don't know what you're talking about not 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 super i don't know what you're talking about not super comfortable here uh, i don't know which planet christine comes from um, my parents are just cool okay so my parents aren't what are you trying to say christine and not staying over at my okay house karen anymore. we're gonna go over to spoilers now so we can talk more in depth about how we felt about this movie she deaf? Mute, sir. She can hear you. You clean that lab, you get out. This may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. Alright, so welcome to the spoiler section of our review of The Shape of Water. And it sounds like Karen has a few words to say about the soundtrack of the film. Well, yes, and um, it reminds me so much of the movie the movie up just the soundtrack or soundtrack i think i was making once i heard the soundtrack and i made that connection throughout the whole movie i kept making parallels i could not stop okay because i listened to the soundtrack just to the soundtrack first time yesterday and i was definitely thinking huh like i've i feel like i've heard this motif somewhere before like Mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's um that's like the motif from (laughs) up which another movie i liked but what do you mean you made connections, like, to the movie itself? If you think about it, it's very... Like, Up is in a way... Well, you mentioned previously that, you know, this movie was like an adult fairy tale. Up, in a way, is very much an adult fairy tale. What? <laughs> Little I little wouldn't bit. say that. It's a fish okay. movie. Okay. Uh, well, Comparing if you think concept, Up to fish sex is... <laughs> okay. Why are you thinking fish sex, <laughs> That's what the movie this is. This movie is more than fish sex. Okay. I, Get your right. mind out of that All right. All I right. will let you have that one. Okay. But, I mean, Up is about, you know, um, a couple struggling, you know, all their lives to kind of do something, like, you know, travel the world, right? But things keep happening and they can't do it. And finally, this random child, like, when he's about, when he's 80-something and old, he can't move anymore. Random child just charges into his life, and things happen. He sets off on an adventure, okay. right? But, like, before that, he was always living this very simple life, right? You know, it's routine, is simple, mm. and he keeps to himself. But, like, if you think about this movie, um, Eliza, right, our main character, uh, played by Sally Hawkins, she leads a very simple life she has a very set routine okay you know and um i i kind of see where this metaphor yeah. is going but also like it's very <laughs> i feel like you're stretching it a little it is not it's, it's very simple like if it, in that movie i can't like it's very simple and then okay you know something so you're happens saying... to change it and then she goes and she kind of finds what she wants so eliza like, is the old man from up yeah and uh, the, the fish man is. Alright, let's kid. not take it that far. <laughs> um, well, the fish man is what she. Well, how she ends up finding what she wants, right? She wants. Okay. What she wants in life is love, companion, mm-hmm. companionship. She okay, wants someone I to see. appreciate, to look at her. What the old man wanted was to travel to where his wife wants to travel, mm-hmm. right? And he finally made it at the end. I agree that, that those are similarities, but I feel like. um. That's very <laughs> typical of most movies. Like but, but the movie. main character in the routine, something changes their lives, right, okay. and they get what they wanted. Okay, but like with the whole theme in there, the whole the whole way that they this movie portrays very like sadless. Sorry, sad or like hopeless situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's very similar to Up. Like the music, the soundtrack just does it all. Yeah, it, I, I agree that it does have, like, the same, similar feelings of, I guess, loneliness there's and that, wonder. Yeah, and nostalgia, and then there's that underlying of hope. hmm I think, in both Okay. Movies. That's okay. what connects everything. Okay. All right. Maybe not take the metaphor too far, right? <laughs> <And> <laughs> With the fish sex. All right. So, about about the fish sex, like, as I mentioned before, I really didn't want that to happen. <laughs> But I will say this, like, I, it wasn't as disturbing as I thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I. not only that, I thought it was beautiful. Mm. <laughs> I loved the scene where they're in the bathroom and she, you know, turns on the faucet and floods the entire bathroom and they're both underwater. <laughs> I, I thought that scene was really well done. Mm-hmm. I love any scene with them in the water because mm-hmm. the water has this, like, freeing quality about them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mind the fish sex in the end. It was, I think, natural how they got there. Okay. Yeah. What What are your opinions on that? When it happened, it was natural. After the movie, I was a little bothered. Because, I mean, it was beautiful, no doubt, you know. I, I loved, you know, like you said, I agree with everything that you said. The mm-hmm. way... The, the role that water plays in this movie is very beautiful. You know, the definitely like, it's just freeing. It's it's about, I don't know, it's it just, it's also kind of like a way for comedy to happen when they flooded the toilet. Water was draining down into the theaters, and this, uh, it, yeah. like one drop of it fell into this man's mouth, and God knows where that water has been. Oh God damn What is in that water? But, you know, um,. But after that movie, I was a little bothered. I'm like, well, fish. Yeah. Fish. Yeah. And a person. Fish man. I ate fish. man. I ate fish for dinner that day. That's disturbing. I did good. I got over my my um, sense of botheredness. By eating fish? By eating fish. I have conquered you say so. my disturbance. <laughs> but I will say, like, to the credit of the movie, the reason why this wasn't, like, totally weird is that the performances are just so genuine yeah it's a it's an act of love Mm -hmm. it was not it's not i mean like when you think about fish sex oh well bestiality fish (laughs) of of all things fish not even a furry but anyway let's not go there (laughs) exactly but you know but the way they filmed it was just it was all love, right? She wanted the companionship and she wanted mm-hmm. the connection and she found it in this creature. Yeah. Right? Like, doesn't matter what it is. Like, the bond happened and then the love happened and then what comes afterwards is natural. Yeah, I was really blown away by um, Eliza's performance. I thought the character was just so... Always so honest. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she she does not speak. Yeah, She does communicate mm-hmm. in sign language, but she does not actually speak. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you you can see so much on mm-hmm. her face. Mm-hmm. And she's adorable. I don't, she's adorable. Yeah, she makes these expressions, and it's just so cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, everyone's performance, honestly, I loved every character. Mm-hmm. I loved Zelda. I loved Octavia Spencer's mm-hmm. performance. She was amazing at one point they're cleaning like the movie. yes they're cleaning the bathroom together um zelda and eliza and then zelda looks up and there's like someone like you know put piss on the ceilings or something and she calls them she calls them pee freckles and <laughs> I just about lost it in the theater i was just like that's a, a way to put it i guess pee freckles on the ceiling um but everyone like not just them too, although their performances were great they were great Every minor character had mm-hmm. such an important role. It's not yeah. really; it's more like an ensemble sort of movie. I feel like mm-hmm. everyone's yeah. part mattered a lot. And can I also point out that um, this movie, it's about love and companionship, in an era when there's so much discrimination and oppression happening. Eliza is this, you know, young. I don't know how old she is. She's this white. Mute girl with, um, you know, a low economic. Like she's only clean. Yeah, I, I will point this out. It seems like she is uh, Hispanic. She's she is Hispanic? White. Yeah. Oh, okay. Her last name is Esposito. I did not catch that. Okay. Well, Hispanic, another discriminated yeah. group, of course. And then, you know, you have Zelda, who is clearly a black woman then. And then, of course, I discriminated. And then what I... And then, at first, I had catch that um, Eliza's, uh, I guess, neighbor... Mm-hmm. Um, she's just he's just an old Giles. white man, yeah. And I was like, well, he must be one of the respected members of society. And then later on, you find out that at least I think he's gay. Yeah, and I think that was uh, that was pretty one clear. That was right. Okay, yeah. and and again, that immediately places him with the others in mm-hmm. the fringe society. And this movie is kind of about how they work together to make this impossible thing happen Mm. i think in that way that's beautiful they kind of have each other's backs Mm -hmm. and and like i guess with with giles is a little more difficult like he has to be rejected by society before he kind of finds his way oh to find that yeah should help these people kind of thing. exactly i feel like it's kind of that idea that if you were accepted if you can be accepted by the general society, then, <laughs> then you wouldn't help them. Yeah, then <laughs> you kind of know. like are not able to bond with these people who are mm-hmm. really just on the fringe. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it was I? That was very interesting. So, even in terms of in terms of like minority oppression, and in terms of you know sexism and um, ableism, um, yeah. like it. Like you mentioned before in the non-spoiler section, uh, they hit on it very subtly, mm-hmm. but it's like very obvious. Very much. Um, but at the same time, it's I don't know if it resolves it or gives you know good good lessons from it necessarily. Like you said, like um, you know Giles has to be turned down by the yeah. the guy at the diner before you know he decides to help Eliza. And and something that I kind of had a problem with maybe was at the end when she runs away. It's like there was no way for her to be happy in normal society. So now she has to like go live underwater because yeah. she's disabled. Um, which I don't know. I I'm pretty sure that was not the um, lesson that the you know filmmakers were going for, mm-hmm. but that ended up happening. Mm. You know, um, but I don't discredit the movie. I don't want to discredit the movie too much for that, because I feel like the heart was in the right place. I I think this is more supposed to be, like you said before, an adult fairy tale. Yeah, and you need that happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Pretty and sure. b- but at the same time, with this movie, it's very realistic, right? Mm. To have that happily ever after in this you know, realistic society, I think it's a little difficult, which is why I think they made that choice. Yeah. And I also feel like with um, the whole thing about the racism and non-discrimination being subtle, I think that's the part that kind of hits me the most because it just comes out so casually, Mm. right? The little comments he says, the little, it just, he says it like nothing. And that just kind of shows you more like this is how things were. This is how rampant right. things were. That's why this like is it's natural because it's so this casual. This is natural, uh-huh. right? That's how things were supposed to be back then. Yeah, it it definitely does a good job of doing that, where it shows these casual acts of um, racism, sexism, ableism, mm-hmm. and it's it's so terrible because it's casual. Yeah, um, but actually. I want to jump to the ending for a second okay. and get right to the ending. Um, so this was something that me and my uh, friend debated when we walked out of the theater. Was did Strickland die? So when they were making their escape, the mm-hmm. amphibian man comes back to life. He okay. like slashes,
1: you yeah, know, Strickland's yeah, throat yeah, and yeah. leaves.
0: Right? Did he die? I did. I personally. Did not interpret it that way. I think he died. Yeah, no, that was so. It sounds like everyone thought he died, and I was like, no, I don't think he died. I, I thought that it was interesting that he slashed that Strickland's throat with his claws, and I thought maybe Strickland and the you know ambulance came right after that, so I thought maybe he would live and live with his vocal cords ripped out and unbe um, mute and be mute i had not think of i mean i didn't take it that far i yeah i think thought, i was just making shit up but yeah, like <laughs> i thought that he was gonna bleed to death because like, i saw that he's because you know when he got slashed he was like lying on the ground and then i was like oh he's dead and then i saw his mouth moving i was like oh he's not dead so that's yet. the part where that i thought like so oh he can't yell out because like his vocal cords are slashed out so yeah. Maybe, you know, like, he will have, like, those, you know, marks on his neck like Eliza did. I was going to bring up those marks. Mm. Um, but, anyway, finish about Trickle and we can talk about her marks. I mean, yeah, like, I just thought that was interesting because I don't actually know if that's what Guillermo del Toro was going for. Right. Um, and everyone seems to have interpreted it in the way that, you know, the bad guy died. Right. Um, but if it is the way that, that he has to live with that, that would be a very interesting... I think that's and, a better ending. Um, in a way. In a way. But mm-hmm. then then if you look too much into it it's like also oh, like being mute is bad now, you know, like. So I don't want to say that. No. Um, well, then he can understand yeah, but what he was discriminating against. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's like maybe, you know, make him understand what it's yeah. like. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> Everyone seems to think he died so. <laughs> yeah, well, having him live with the pain is a I would say a greater punishment than yeah. not. I mean, it's yeah. I feel like that's a very typical fairy tale ending. In, mm-hmm. like, you know, kids' fairy tales, like the bad guy doesn't actually die. Yeah. It's like, oh, now you have to, have to do, experience you know, whatever. Whatever, my difficulties. Uh-huh. Well, but you brought up um, Eliza's marks on her neck. Mm-hmm. She's always had it since the beginning of yeah. the movie. How does she get those scars? What. Oh, you mean like where did the scars come from? Exactly. Ever since the beginning, I was like, they look like gills. Mm, really? Yeah, that was the beginning. I was like, they look like gills. I'm like, oh, interesting. I oh. did not know. I did not know they would turn into gills until they did. I since the beginning, because I, you know, this movie. All I coming into the movie, like I did not even pay that much attention to the poster. So like, I knew there were like a man and like a woman, but mm-hmm. like I didn't know who was the fish. Yeah. But, so, oh, okay. so, I was like, "Is she the fish? She must be the fish." I thought it was a merman, but oh, maybe it's a mermaid. But you know, That's or like an name. amphibian man, I guess. But the official name for but, the fish creature that is the official name. Yeah, in the in the credits, he is billed as the amphibian man. Oh, okay. Well, the amphibian man it is. Yeah, I didn't know who it was, and then I saw the scars on her neck, and I'm like, "Are they gills?" And she went to the tub and she stayed human. So I was like, okay, it must not be her. But does she have to stay in the water longer? But toward the end, when they became gills, which I did see coming, then I wonder like, was this, is it supposed, does it mean that it's meant to happen? Like, is she meant to live underwater like wh- where does this play am i thinking too much into this <laughs> i don't know where how about these marks as opposed to i mean or what role they play in the movie like if you if you rewatch it i haven't following those scars from the beginning like what are they That's so so i i barely noticed the scars in the beginning until they brought it up i think at one of those like talks when zelda and eliza were talking to strickland Mm -hmm. i think he brings it up at some point that her she has scars Uh uh-huh until then i didn't really pay attention to them Mm -hmm. and then they do mention like during that interview like you know like um she has those scars because that's like that's why she's mute like they give a little bit of background on that oh like she was attacked and then when she was little something like that so I was like, okay, like, you know, like, makes sense. Fair enough. Backstory. Um, I did not expect them to turn into girls. I thought that was beautiful. I don't think that means she was meant to be living on their way. Maybe a little bit. Um, but in a fairy tale sense. I guess that kind of... Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. How did I miss that part? <laughs> well, it was I, very brief. Very brief. Okay, well, I guess then that in a way, I feel like I guess that's her liberation. Mm-hmm. In a way, it is her liberation. Like what is what what she was looked down upon for? Yeah, now it's it's something yeah. beautiful. Like it's like mm-hmm. a way for her to live underwater and, I guess, be with the thing that be with the amphibian, which is what she always wanted to right yeah. to do. To it's it's happy. a beautiful movie. I think like, so in that way. Like the fairy, like in a fairy tale sense. Um, I was actually rewatching the trailer and when I think it's Giles doing the voiceover. Mm-hmm. When he describes the story, he calls her the princess, mm-hmm. which um, really like I, I loved, Pan's Labyrinth, um that's also by Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. and it was very, I wouldn't say very much like this movie, but they're both period pieces in like mm-hmm. the modern past, um and, and they're both like quote unquote princesses, mm-hmm. um and it's like. His special style is this kind of grotesquely beautiful. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. It's like going to Crimson Peak. Like, I found a movie under the horror genre. Mm -hmm. And then I clicked into it. Obviously, it was not horror. I mean, it's not obvious, but it's not horror. It's not horrific. It's like Victorian horror. Yes, It's kind of like a Penny Dreadful in a way. Right? What? Like, uh, like. Like you know, like like Frankenstein, how Frankenstein by you know Mary Shelley mm-hmm. was supposed to be a horror story mm-hmm, back then, okay. but like for us now, that's just child's play. <laughs> it's you know, just child's play. Please, where we see saw, we see blood, we see all those things. Right. Okay. What is Frankenstein? What mm-hmm. is just a monster sewed together by car from carcasses? That's nothing. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's kind of like that. Like oh, there's there's ghosts in the house, and then. But, like, with that kind of, like, mild, I guess, child play horror in present day, that's, to me, that's not horror. I would, I would beg to disagree. Well, I would say a lot of, a lot of people have found Crimson Peak disturbing and really? scary. Um, but that's because we just watch horror movies without feeling scared. Oh, <laughs> I well. think. Well, okay. Well, it it's because we have no sense of fear. <laughs> we have no survival <laughs> skills. <laughs> I know. Well, because I know people have found even, like, Pan's Labyrinth* scary. Which, like, it is very they creepy. They will find... I'm sure people will find this movie scary as well. Yeah. I mean, there is, you know, blood and, like, of all course, that stuff. Of course. But. but that's kind of him. Like, because I was not afraid of, I guess, the horror aspect of yeah. Prince and Pig, I was able to kind of see into that romance... The ins- I don't. Okay, never forget. There, yeah, I'm not gonna spoil Crimson Peak. <laughs> the romance in I, I, the movie. Okay, okay. Are you alright? Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think um, I think I don't wanna. The reason I don't want to talk about Crimson Peak too much is, because I don't think that's like this movie at all. <laughs> the style. I mean, the I'm only bringing I it because that's only right, right now from right. him. But that, I think the spot style is similar. Yeah, um, for sure. And I do really appreciate the dark fairytale that this, yeah. this movie weaves. And which also brings me to another point that I was kind of disappointed. But this is all my fault because I built up this expectation when I started watching the movie and it didn't happen. Which made me really sad. What were you hoping? But happen? so here, here is another crazy, uh, <laughs> crazy thing I imagined would happen. What, what is this girl thinking when she watches <laughs> movies? Um, so I think by like halfway point of the movie, you understand that this is like an adult fair, like dark fairy tale, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that I want to say from the first minute on you do the, moment right. the soundtrack kicks in, yeah like just the style of everything the music, music the way people act it's her like neighbors yeah it's, right it's that she lives uh, like above a theater yeah who else does that it's very exactly. like aesthetically pleasing and you yeah. know like so i didn't know it w- if it would be a happy ending mm-hmm. um i was sure hoping for one and it did end up being one but you know like if he died or like if she died like I would have also been like, okay, that's like a solid fairy tale. But the fact that, so this is all leading up to my crazy theory, but okay. um, when they were getting the amphibian man out of the lab and they had, you know, this uh, Giles was driving a truck and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And this was when uh, the doctor, um, Bob Dimitri, the Russian agent, um, when Bob was, I think he shut off all the lights. Yes. And he was also like helping Eliza, mm-hmm. you know, take care of this, take out this amphibian man, right? Yeah. So what I thought would happen was that because Bob was helping Eliza, that it would mean he would not stay at the lab. Like this was it for him. Like he would leave. Yeah. And that he would leave with the amphibian man, take care of him or something because, you know, he cares about, Wildlife creatures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like basically where he's coming from, like this the, right. the scientist point of okay. view. But um, but so I thought <laughs> that Giles would drive in with his truck. Eliza gets the amphibian man in the truck, and and Giles um not Giles, um Bob Hoffman, the doctor, the scientist goes off with them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought that Bob would also be gay oh, and him and Giles would hit it off. You know, it's funny that you brought... I did not think that would happen. But at one point when Giles was making eye contact with the amphibian man in the bathroom, I was like, okay, is this where the fish (laughs) sex is happening? (laughs) I did not hear that this is how the fish sex happens um but anyway that's besides the point but, like i just disappointed myself because i was like oh it's yeah. gonna be a happy ending for all you know liza yeah. has the amphibian yeah. man and then like giles finds his own love mm-hmm. you know like in this russian spy i guess yeah but i was so i loved the scientist i loved bob so much mm-hmm. and in the end like he just Dives. they just leave him to die on this sand dune this construction site and then it's yeah. like so he, and then they don't talk about him in the climax of this, like, uh, in the ending of the movie, I'm so like, so, that's it. Goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) Rest (laughs) in peace, Bob. Bye, Bob. (laughs) I was so sad. He was such a pure character. He was. He was, I actually, he, I loved him because he was, he was kind of the one you would expect to be a villain right he's a russian spy mm. that that i like that you know, he was you that know. he was actually but he's actually the good guy in this movie he's the one with the heart mm-hmm. and i i love that and and he because he's a russian spy because he has so much at stake the fact that he's kind of putting all that all on the line to save this creature in the name of science mm. is just moving I yeah think. he showed the most like the, the main character showed the most humanity. Like, Eliza yeah. and Bob, I think, showed the most, most humanity in right. this movie. And, you know, like, Bob even more so, like you said, because he has so much on the line, and yeah. he's just basically, like, going against these two big governments during mm-hmm. this era of the Cold War. Yeah. And it's just, that's just insane. Yep. And he dies, so, you know, yeah, that sucks. fitting <laughs> of a Russian spy. Oh, God. Oh, uh, but I also, my other favorite character, is the car salesman. The car salesman? You know, when... Wait, um, when? When Strickland goes to buy a Cadillac. <laughs> That's your favorite character? He's one of my favorite characters. He was hilarious. The wh- he rubbed him up so much, you know? And Strickland just men, fell for he it. He just took it. He just took that. Hook, line, that. and sinker. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I've, he's like, well, only successful men drive Cadillac. We're, <laughs> we're the icon. Like, four out of five successful men drive Cadillacs like what is this and especially in the color teal that <laughs> just means so- <laughs> he's like i will not drive in a green car that's teal
1: And then the <laughs> other
0: guy compliments him when he goes uh, to work the other day in the in the in the, the green car- cadillac he goes like well nice green cadillac it's teal <laughs> like no it's clearly green yeah. and i mean that's what we should say to crayola that's green that's blue stop with your other random names and schemes your colors. emerald green Oh please god, <laughs> don't start yeah oh, man. but that kind of just he played the character so well like the white dominance like when the beginning when he has sex strickland
1: with his, yeah. strickland when
0: he passed sex with his wife even oh god yeah yeah i, I, I just to everything. the everything, everything about him was just white dominance, you know. Privilege, all of that mm-hmm. embody Like, and at the same time, like his own toxic masculinity is sort of his downfall. Yeah. And just how he, you know, sucks up to his boss was just so, mm-hmm. like, interesting because he, you know. It asserts this masculinity in all aspects of his life to the people he thinks are below him yeah. but to the people he thinks are above him he's like super emasculated to like the general that you know visits once in a while he's just yeah. like oh yeah like don't worry i got it all i gonna control like don't you worry you know like, <laughs> it was really interesting it's like i succeed i never fail <laughs> and in the end of course thank god he failed oh yeah but oh, he was like a very, very good villain, very, very interesting good villain. character. And it's good that they portrayed all aspects of him because in this story, they actually put him—he is on the line, right? Like, like he, what well, he moved to this place, like because he has this job. I want to get out of this shithole. But like, if everything succeeds, he's gonna make all that money. It's all gonna be worth it, right? Get the teal Cadillac. The, exactly. But then you know. Uh, and the, at the end, like, well, the two kind of, like, also gets basically um, destroyed. <laughs> uh, I love the humor in this movie. Yeah. That was one thing I wasn't expecting. I love it. I love it. It was just everywhere. Yeah. Which is so well done. The soundtrack, I can't stop talking about it. It was just yeah, beautiful, 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 beautiful. beautiful. Mm. Like, every moment of, every time she turns on the TV, you know, yeah. everything about it. And um, I believe the soundtrack was by Alexander Dubois. Mm-hmm. cool cool composer i don't know what else he's done i just literally looked this up on google but i'm pretty sure i've heard his name before so i'm sure he's like a very well-known composer well i have not but i again do not look into composers but Mm -hmm. he but yeah he was amazing job amazing yeah um it added so much to this movie mm -hmm. without the soundtrack this movie could not have done yeah, no, have like half the effect that it does. How I know a soundtrack is good is if I listen to it after the movie and all I can think about is the movie and like feel the same things I did during the movie, then yeah, that's a, a good, good soundtrack. Scene, yeah. uh, but like <laughs> back to the humor, like sometimes it's very um, because this I would movie say is o- very dark. Yeah, it's it's a it's in the, it's set in a Cold War in this secret lab. Mm -hmm. doing secret experiments with russian spies involved these are this is a very you know generals and you know white dominance racism this is a very serious
1: um
0: these are very serious topics and very dark matters and the soundtrack just yeah the soundtrack and the humor and the love makes it beautiful yeah yeah and um was something else i wanted to mention Anyway, I made you lose your thoughts, I'm sorry. It's okay, you always do this to me. And is probably. My face? Oh, I remembered because I saw you drinking a cocktail. Um, I think we should talk about their relationship, you know, which is like the movie. We should probably talk about that a little bit between the amphibian man and Eliza. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, obviously Eliza's living alone. She yeah. has Giles for a friend, but it, it's pretty obvious that she's like, she's very lonely. Right, and she goes to sleep during the day and wakes up at night. Yeah, the routine masturbation. Yeah, the routine masturbation. You know, alluding to the fish sex that's to come. Uh-huh, and the bathtub. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> But um, I so I saw this um tweet. I believe it was. I'm not sure who it's from. Karen, please turn off your phone. I'm sorry. But yeah, I saw this tweet, and I was like. Or maybe it was a Tumblr post. But it was saying, like, Fishman says egg. And (sighs) then LA says, like, I have never felt so much love in my heart for any other being, (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, I did find the egg part kind of, like... I found that cute. It's it's cute. Okay, I mean... I think it's funny to... I think it's good that they actually use egg. Because in the end, he... The man is a wild creature, right? Mm. Like, he doesn't know about anything about a to live in human society. He doesn't know what a hard-boiled egg is. But, like, you know, any natural instinct of an animal is to eat when they're hungry. And I suppose a hard-boiled egg is something that he has been craving all his life without knowing. So, <laughs> now he has found his hard-boiled egg. But I think that was cute that if I wanted a little cat to come to me, I would take out, you know, some kind of, like, little nibbles and be like, hey, come to me, I have little nibbles. But you wouldn't have sex with the cat. Can we not talk about that? Okay, yeah. It's just, (sighs) it's just strange because, you know, like, the first half of their relationship is like, you know, like, respecting nature right. and, like, taming this wild thing. and But then the other half is, like, romance and I don't But know. I want to say that the music helped it a lot. You know, it started from the egg and then they start... And she starts bringing music. Yeah, she and she's, like, dancing, dancing a little bit. Dancing with him. And then, you know, dance is where all that love happens. Mr. and Mrs. Sniff. <laughs> all right, look at them. Their tango was epic, you know. That's how that's how love happens Christine I suppose that's by dancing so the next time I want to fall in love with someone I should you buy them hard boiled eggs and, and dance with them dance perhaps that is how you find love okay that's how she you heard love. it here first folks that's how you find love <laughs> um well yeah I mean the eggs were like it was cute it was I think part of the humor yeah a little bit but it and was also and every time yeah and I loved how there was one part where she dreams that she, if she could speak, and she dreams um, well about with her singing and dancing the amphibian man. I was just gonna bring that up. And I want to say first of all that scene looked hilarious. It was just like everybody, <laughs> everybody was you know everybody is like in dresses and you know they love, the amphibian man like just like amphibian <laughs> He's just the amphibian man. He's not wearing clothes. He. Has his fin sticking out, you know? And uh, do you think it would have been better or worse? if he was, if he was wearing a suit. <laughs> um, I, think it, it, it <laughs> I think it would have been worse. I think it would have been worse. His eyes just get me each time. It's it yeah, like so yeah. fish-like. I don't know. Yeah, the th- that, that, you know, that's that's Guillermo really, that's he will not—he will not hide that from you. Mm, no, a he fish will, not. will look like a fish. But like that was the thing I wanted to mention is that you know while I love this movie I will watch it again it's just like when I saw the musical numbers I was a little taken aback I was like this is strange like I understand the point of this I understand the the aesthetic point I understand also because like she can't speak so this is like another way of like you know showing how she feels but I don't know it just felt so random oh that part yeah I, th- I thought it was random and I that part was a little odd I would say <laughs> because when you when she does all those she she wasn't really dancing she was doing a lot of hand movements I don't know if there was sign language I think that, that I, I don't think I don't remember yeah I don't remember if there was sign language or um, just hand movements that she was doing um, but it seemed like she was saying you know I love you I want to be with you right and at the end was just eating his hard-boiled egg. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then she comes back (laughs) to the kitchen, cut to kitchen, amphibian man's eating his eggs. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so... So, was he just going by instinct? Is this a one-sided love? See, that's the part where I found it a little strange because she's like oh i like you know my soul belongs to you and amphibians meant like egg (laughs) (laughs) all right but maybe she's before this the egg it's her and then the eggs yeah no i mean like i guess the point is you know they they have this connection beyond what words can describe yeah and you know that i understand that it was beautiful it was just it's a lot to process. <laughs> I think so too. I, I I'm going to have to watch movie again at some point. Yeah, I do want to watch this again. It was beautiful, if nothing else. And I cannot cannot stop talking about the soundtrack. How important yeah. the soundtrack is. And it just painted mm-hmm. the whole movie. Yeah, just I think it was also because beautiful because it was such a. Nice period piece. Mm-hmm. There's so many different aspects in there, yeah. and then there's little things you know here and there like the I guess maybe more typical film things, but like you know like the colors and and at, you know in the beginning she looks at this shoe shop. I don't know if you remember this, but mm-hmm. she was looking at these pairs of shoes, and then later after she like falls in love, I think after she first has sex with the fishman. Yeah. She's wearing, like, these red shoes and has, like, a red ribbon or lipstick or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's just, like, you know, playing with colors like that is always yeah. always wonderful. and I don't remember that, but I can see how that would stick out in this movie. That's just very much gray, brown, mm-hmm. black, very dark colors. Yeah, exactly. And in the lab, you know, gray. Okay. Yeah. Right, right? Yeah. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, no, I think I got all my points down. Yeah, so that is The Shape of Water. We both highly recommend it, and it's definitely not like... It's not your uh, typical... Not your typical movie. Yeah. Not something that you'll see every day, but it's definitely something that's worth watching and worth thinking about. For sure. For sure. Alright, so this wraps up today's episode of Drink and Discuss. If you would like to reach out to us, you can email us at drinkanddiscuss at gmail.com that's drink the letter N discuss at gmail.com and if you want to see the beautiful drinks that we made beautifully simple um, we also do have an Instagram and you can find us at drinkanddiscuss on Instagram that is also drink with the letter N discuss you can also DM us if that's something you'd like to do on Instagram um, so this has been Christine Kim and this has been Karen Go.